Aren't we all a little on the spectrum? I'm sure you've heard it said before. Today, we touch on what it means to be autistic and how dismissive it can be to claim that everyone is a little autistic. We'll also make suggestions on alternative ways to state your support. Welcome to Embracing Autism, a podcast for parents of autistic children seeking advice and support while spreading awareness and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder. I'm Leah. And I'm Matt. And each week we will discuss our journey with autism and talk about how to embrace your child's individuality while providing guidance, tips, resources, and sharing our personal stories. This is Embracing Embracing Autism. Autism. Today's topic was actually out of a popular request. (laughs) I think it's something that people who are autistic or parents of autistic kids really struggle with. I've heard it before as far as people making that reference, but um, only since I've been kind of in the autism world, I didn't know it was a thing prior to being kind of incorporated into it. Yeah, I think what really kind of grinds people's gears is that whenever people say, aren't we all a little on the spectrum or aren't we all a little autistic or yeah, I think I might be a little on the spectrum too. That frustrates people who are actually diagnosed autistic or parents of autistic children. In a sense, it's dismissive of the actual autistic struggle. And I'm not sure that people who are not autistic really understand that. I certainly don't think that they are intentionally being dismissive, but I do think that that is kind of the way that it comes off to people who actually struggle with the negative aspects of autism. There could be a couple of reasons in my mind of why someone would use the phrase, maybe I'm a little autistic as well in whatever the issue is that is being described. I think one could be the obvious or more obvious one to me where they're trying to share in a shared experience that they might not actually have a shared experience with where they're trying to find some common ground where they're able to carry on the conversation. So if your child needs to do uh, feeding therapy, for example, the other parent might say, my child is a little autistic because he's a really picky eater too. So I totally understand what you're going through where it's not really quite the same, but I think they're trying to bridge the gap for basic social norms, trying to relate so you can continue on with the conversation. So that's my one thought of why a person would kind of use that phrase. The other one is the idea that quite literally everyone is a little autistic where they think autism is basically kind of a a la carte, like you pick and choose which individual. (laughs) A la carte. I like that. I'll have some autism a la mode. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, as far as like, oh, I definitely want some light concerns. I definitely want to be more sensitive with sound. Like it, it kind of seems like that's kind of how they get it. They don't really understand the full dynamic of it. So that's kind of my pitch as to why that phrase might show up. Not sure if either of them are true. That's just kind of what my thoughts are. I think that autism is pretty complex. And also a lot of people don't really understand or fully know what autism is until they are associated with autism in one sense or another. So unless they themselves are diagnosed with autism or unless a loved one is diagnosed with autism, most people really don't have a great sense of what it is or have never really even heard of it. But I think that part of the problem is that when it comes to this, we're all on the spectrum notion, it's to me a misunderstanding of what autism truly is. The vibe that I get from people is that because they experience certain things that could be considered an autism symptom, 
they think that that means they're a little bit autistic. So let's say they might be hypersensitive to certain lights or sounds, for example. So people will say, oh, that means I'm a little bit on the spectrum. Or let's say that they have an aversion to certain texture of food. Some people might say, oh, I don't like this type of food. Therefore, I'm a little bit on the spectrum. And when people say that, they're usually trying to be empathetic and they're trying to connect with people. But that's not what autism means. In order to be autistic, you really need to fully qualify for all the components that make up autism. For example, pregnancy. When a woman is pregnant, she experiences back pain. She experiences nausea. She experiences all sorts of discomfort. But you wouldn't say that somebody who feels back pain is a little bit pregnant or on the pregnancy spectrum. You're either pregnant or you're not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like I like the analogy. The only thing I'll throw in there is for like the dads where they kind of say like, oh, we're pregnant. Like it's like a team sport. Yeah, you are not on the pregnancy spectrum (laughs) where where we're kind of chipping in too. We did our part. And then, um, yeah, we can claim partial pregnancy. You cannot claim any credit. Get out of (laughs) here. I was I was there, Leah, from the start to the end. And I'm still here now. Yeah, But, uh, but that's I think why I use that metaphor because I feel like it's like the most clear cut. And I don't understand why when it comes to neurological or not even neurological, but when it comes specifically to cognitive disabilities, it seems like people think that it's okay to do that, but you would never do it with physical disabilities. Like you never see people say, I think I'm a little bit paralyzed too, or yeah, I think I have a little bit of Parkinson's or something like that just because they're clumsy, right? So nobody does that. Nobody would find that appropriate in everyday conversation with people who have physical disabilities. So I don't really understand why people think it's appropriate with like neurological or neurocognitive disabilities. I feel like because you can see a physical disability and it's more difficult to pick up on all the nuances for the invisible disability, you can build up in your mind what you think essentially autism is. And unless you're in a class where you're actually learning about autism, I mean, if you think about like TV shows and Hollywood, they tend to kind of characterize autistic adults or um, individuals where you either get the two types. You get the type that is kind of like a superpower where they're superhuman and they're able to do amazing things, or you get the one where they are more so struggling with kind of the day-to-day tasks. So you have the two polar opposite competing thoughts of what autism is as it's shown to kind of your your average person. So unless you're actually in the middle of it where you kind of understand, I suppose it could be pretty easy to kind of get swayed. I mean, I've had family members recommend a movie or TV show to me because there's a autistic character. And when we watch it, we're kind of like, that is not autism. I don't know what that <laughs> is, but not autism. And I mean, they're family members. So I mean, they, they see my kids, but it's just the idea of unless you see the day-to-day hour by hour, minute by minute of what autism really is, you kind of get, I think, swayed a little bit by what people are telling you autism is. What is kind of frustrating about it as well is a lot of people who are kind of like myself who flew under the radar for a long time, a lot of those late diagnosed, like women especially, oftentimes when we do receive our diagnoses, people are also dismissive of it by using that phrase. So because we don't present like our children who are more severe, like level two, level three, even though we have a diagnosis of level one, they basically are like, well, aren't we all a little bit on the spectrum, implying that either your diagnosis isn't authentic or implying that like 
there's something wrong with you having sought that diagnosis. I've experienced that. I, I know other people who are late diagnosed women, like level one. A lot of them have the same issue where they go and pursue this diagnosis and people not look down on them, but kind of are very skeptical of it. And I feel like that's part of the problem of using the phrasing of like, we're all on the spectrum because it ends up giving people like me no alternative because we don't fit in as autistic and then we're not outside of the spectrum because we're not neurotypical. So then it's like this weird gray area that makes things really confusing and really unhelpful. Well, you kind of brought it up, but honestly, very, very similar to the, the phrase of we're all a little autistic is like essentially you can't be autistic because and then them explaining like you or anyone who has gotten a, a diagnosis, basically describing individual elements of things that you do or don't do that they characterize as falling into the autism category. But unless they're able to kind of see how you're thinking through things, how you're viewing social situations, how your sensory input on what you're feeling, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, how that actually is sending impulses through your brain, then it's kind of just they're making an assumption about how they perceive you experiencing the world. So it's already even further removed than just your experience. So it is very similar on the two, but they basically kind of push the same kind of agenda where it's pulling away a little bit from the actual diagnosis to kind of brush it off as something kind of less than or less serious or something not to really be thought of, I, I suppose. Part of the problem with that is that it inadvertently encourages masking. Masking is kind of when people who are neurodivergent start trying to fight against their neurodivergence to try to appear neurotypical or try to fit in with everyone else. So like if you're telling people things that are kind of dismissive, like, oh, well, aren't we all on the spectrum when they're trying to come to you about their struggles as an autistic person? then that might be like a form of rejection that they feel where they will next time not feel as comfortable to open up to you about their neurodivergence. That is part of that rejection that they um, eventually could potentially end up having that rejection sensitive dysphoria, which is very commonly associated with both autism, ADHD, and other neurodivergencies. It basically makes you really sensitive, hypersensitive to rejection to the point where you're like anticipating it. And it's just this whole mess. But a lot of that is triggered from patterns like this where people are kind of minimizing your struggles. So you start associating that struggle with that rejection. Part of the problem is when you say, aren't we all in the spectrum? You're not really taking into consideration all the things that happen inside a person's mind when they are talking to you or going to an event. If they're saying they're struggling with lights, they might just come out and say it casually to you and just be like, oh, yeah, the lights really bother me. And because they're saying it or presenting it in kind of this like calm or casual way, people might make the wrong assumption essentially that, oh, yeah, lights bother me occasionally too. But it's because people are kind of masking or like I personally, I'm not going to tell people how excruciatingly painful it is. It's triggering a migraine. Ah, Like I'm not going to do that because it's kind of like melodramatic to me and I just don't want to do that. Plus, I don't like the attention. The more I bring attention to myself, the more anxiety I get. So I'm going to intentionally minimize it. The bad side of that is that people then think that it's not that serious. It's just this vicious cycle. And I feel like as a parent, I'm hypersensitive to it for my kids because I know what it feels like for me. So when I see other people kind of being dismissive with my kids, I get like really like mama bear. Well, I was just thinking, I was like, you know, I've probably done that unintentionally to you through the years because I was just thinking of the lights scenario that you gave. And I'm sure that at some point when you're talking about like, oh, the lights are really bright, I probably just said something back, not thinking of it like, yeah, lights are bright. 
without actually like. No, I think but you then, usually just ignore me. <laughs> well, it's, it's either I, like I would ignore you or be like, yeah, sometimes lights are bright. Like I can't, can't really do much there. But then like there's times where you're like, oh my gosh, like I can hear like the electric, the lights are super bright. It's giving me a migraine. When you do actually give your full experience about what is happening with the lights, then I think it's a little bit easier to realize the severity of what the situation is. It's easier to give empathy where you're kind of like, okay, like let's get some sunglasses. Like let's get out of like, if it's, if we're in a store, okay, let's, let's come back on another day and we'll take it easy for the rest of the day until the migraine kind of goes away and we'll play it by ear or by I (laughs) (laughs) sorry I had to but yeah I think if you do mask you do run the risk of your average person not necessarily knowing how impactful various situations could be and I mean I'm guilty of that too unless you you let me know I'm kind of the dumb one in the room where I'm like yeah that is a bright light isn't it Sorry. I'm just a dumb person, I guess. I don't know. No, no. It's not that you're dumb. It's that people can't read our minds and we can't assume that people can read our minds. Just like we as autistics struggle to read other people, neurotypicals struggle to read us. Actually, that's a really interesting point because I read some studies that show that, yes, neurodivergent people, autistics specifically, have a hard time reading neurotypical language and behaviors. But they found that actually the opposite was true, too. Neurotypicals struggle just as much to read autistic body language or autistic language, whereas autistics were able to communicate effectively with each other and neurotypicals with each other. So it does go both ways. There needs to be this empathy on both sides of things. But I try to think about it from the perspective of my kids, too. The problem is that a lot of our kids are younger or they're nonverbal and they're not able to express when they have these issues. So like if they're having a light sensitivity or anything like that, oftentimes that will just come out in behavior. Like we'll see them either fussing or we'll see them having extreme sensory either aversions or needs where they'll be like chewing on things or all sorts of hyperactivity like my kids who will be jumping and climbing and all sorts of stuff. And people won't understand what it means when we say that those are autistic behaviors, like it's a self-regulatory behavior, if we minimize things by saying, oh, well, isn't everyone on the spectrum? When we say we're all a little bit on the spectrum, we're invalidating those experiences. We're invalidating the struggles of not just the parents who are raising these kids who have to experience this on the day to day and see that, no, like your kids' struggles are not like a neurotypical kid struggles, like it's a lot harder for them. But also for those kids themselves, as they grow up, if you are going to essentially grow up in a society and a culture that keeps telling you you're autistic, it's okay. I'm a little bit on the spectrum too. We're all a little bit on the spectrum. I understand that it's trying to be encouraging, but instead what it does, at least in my opinion, what would have done to me growing up is make me feel like more of a failure. Because if we're both quote unquote on the spectrum, yet only I am having these struggles, then I will feel as a failure as an autistic, not like not just a neurotypical. I don't just fail as a neurotypical. Now I'm failing as an autistic, too, because apparently we're both on the spectrum and you're doing it better than me. Right. That's just a little bit of like, I don't know if you call it kind of like neurodivergent appropriation in a sense, but it's just it kind of feels that way. Sure, we can coin that term. Why not? We can make up terms. It's the closest thing I could find to what I'm trying to say. No, I mean, it's definitely true. I mean, if you're at the park and your child is having a meltdown, it's quite different than if you're at the park and your child is having a tantrum, which makes an extra challenge as far as like being able to understand our kids and try and make sure that we are understanding kind of what their needs are. So, I mean, I'm just thinking as like if we were at a store and if our 
kids were having an issue with the light similar to like you were having, where if it's creating a migraine for them, they would still struggle to try and explain what's happening to them. They might say, I'm not even sure if they'd say my head hurts. They might just cry or something. And that's what I was thinking. They might have just a meltdown as a result. I don't think they could explain that their head hurts or that it's the lights that's causing it. They might try and put something over their eyes if it's too bright. But if it's causing a headache, I'm not really sure we've gotten to the point where we can actually be sure that they can explain what the situation is that they're experiencing. So, And we have an almost five-year-old and an almost four-year-old, and we're still working on trying to get them to realize as far as like what they're feeling in their body to be able to explain it to us so we can better try and accommodate them as best we can. Again, I understand that it's often coming from a good place. In my experience, when people say like, oh, yeah, I think we're all a little bit on the spectrum. I think we're all a little bit autistic. Typically, in my experience, that is coming from a place of somebody trying to make you feel less bad about autism. But I think there's two problems with that. One is what we've been talking about. But the second one is it kind of implies that autism is this horrible thing, which I will say, again, there are negative aspects to autism. There are certain parts of it that I certainly do not enjoy and would like to essentially get rid of if I could. But there's also parts of autism that, you know, can be beautiful. They, they can be unique. Like you get the greatest scientists, you get like the greatest artists because of autism. That part of it can't be dismissed. So to me, when somebody is doing that, they're dismissing that part of autism. You can't say that autism or imply that autism is bad and not say all of it is bad. It's kind of hard to say, oh, we're all a little bit on the spectrum. It's okay. Without accidentally saying between the lines that it's bad to be on the spectrum. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when somebody's saying that, they're saying that out of like pity, out of empathy. It's like they feel bad. So they feel the need to say, oh, it's okay. We're all a little on the spectrum as if they're trying to comfort you. So it's kind of innately implying that the autism is a bad thing when that parent or that adult might not necessarily perceive it that way. I see it as kind of like a we're all in this together kind of mentality. Like essentially, like if you could put a action to that phrase, I kind of see it as them like putting their hand on your shoulder being like, we're all a little autistic. Like we'll get there together. Like let's like keep at it kind of thing. I mean, that's kind of how I, I perceive it. I mean, it's yeah. kind of in a twisted way. And obviously, I mean, that's not the same as what you're hearing, but it seems like potentially it is coming from a positive place, at least that they're trying to give words of encouragement that they think might help you kind of along your journey as well. It might not be yeah. the case. It might actually be taken as like a slap in the face. But I think when they are saying it, they think that they are doing they're doing a net good to the world or they're trying to help out in some way. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a difficult thing where I don't know, like it's hard because you don't want to necessarily assign malice when you don't know. So it could be that the person genuinely thinks that them saying those phrases is helpful. I'm thinking of some of my family members when we're trying to tell them some of our like struggles and whatnot, they try and encourage us by saying, oh, you guys are great. You guys got this. And sometimes that really isn't what we need to hear. Sometimes we need to hear like, I hear that you're staying up late, you're struggling, like you're working seven days a week trying to get things situated, that you're putting in excessive hours. But I know that they're coming from a, a nice place where they're trying to encourage saying like, you guys are doing great, like keep going, keep going. But it doesn't always have the same impact that they might think it does. So that's kind of where I kind of get caught. It's kind of like that validation piece. When you are basically saying, oh, you got this, you know, that sort of thing. It's invalidating all of us who are struggling saying, no, 
we don't got this. We're struggling. Please help (laughs) us. We're drowning. I do agree with you that like sometimes people think that they're being helpful and they think they're being positive and they think they're being your cheerleader, but you're not looking for a cheerleader. You don't need a cheerleader. You need support. You need resources. You need action. Like you need something tangible that can help you get through that parenting journey. Or if you're the autistic person like myself, you need somebody who can help you get the resources that you need. If I'm having a conversation with somebody and I'm having a really hard time understanding what they're trying to tell me, it's not helpful for me if I say, I'm sorry, I'm trying to understand what you're saying, but I can't. I'm autistic. And they say, yeah, I get that. Aren't we all a little bit on the spectrum? Like, how does that help me at all in that moment in time in that conversation? What would be helpful instead would be to help that person with the thing they're struggling with at that moment in time. So if I'm telling you, sorry, I can't understand what you're saying, I I need more literal context to be able to really understand what you're saying, then a better response would be like, oh, okay, let me rephrase it. And then they rephrase it into that literal context so that I can then understand what they're saying. Or they use less metaphors or they use less gray language and are more direct and to the point. Then that helps me. That's like an accommodation that I would be happy to get. And to me, that feels supportive as an autistic adult. For my kids, if people are basically just giving an empathetic, oh, yeah, well, aren't we all a little on the spectrum? That's not really helpful to me. What would be helpful is if they told their child, hey, play with their kid, or they said that they're a little bit clumsy, so make sure that you're keeping an eye around her, give her her space, things to help that child understand how to play with my child. That's kind of like the difference between the awareness piece and the acceptance piece when it comes to autism. There have been times where we have explained to other people at a park or something like she has a hard time judging spatial awareness or something. Sometimes we do get positive feedback where the people who we tell it to, they're a little bit more receptive of what we're actually saying versus, of course, if we just said, oh, she's autistic, that wouldn't necessarily tell them much of anything. But I hate to say it, I think there are two types of people. And I I mean, of, of course, we always hope for the good kind of person. But I think at the same time, sometimes people might use the, oh, we're all a little autistic as kind of like putting a sticker on I tried to give someone support today and I'm going to like pat myself on the back later. I kind of think of like the, the the dumb meme where it's like a person is drowning and all you can see is their hand sticking out of the water and it has like, you think that they're going to reach out and grab them and it just like smacks them, giving them a high five and then moves on with their day. So that's kind of a little bit what I think when they say like, well, we're all a little autistic. They, they're they kind of like, bam, high five as you're like sinking or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is so true. I think the one difference is that that meme, I feel like is a little snarky in the sense that it seems to imply that that person is not interested or genuinely interested in helping that person. In my experience, personally, the people who I've met who have said that do genuinely seem like they want to be supportive, but it's almost like they don't know how. Part of the problem, honestly, is our culture. We as a culture and a society have made it uncomfortable to talk about disability. We've put a bunch of unnecessary rules and guidelines on how to talk to people that are even contradictory. Honestly, every person with a disability is different. Some people don't even like to be referred to as a person with disability. They prefer to be called disabled, for example, or autistic versus somebody with autism. So because we have like all these contrasting ideas and contrasting principles and values, it makes it really hard for somebody who is outside of that world to know how to engage in these conversations and to know how to engage with an autistic person or child without offending them or without stepping on those landmines. So I always try to extend some empathy and some grace in that sense because 
especially now, that world is really difficult to navigate. And I don't want to discredit that. But at the same time, I do think that, you know, that education does need to go out there like people need to know. I just think that we can approach it probably in a kind way. I'm the type of person that I'm not scared to kindly confront a person who might be saying that and just kindly educate them in that moment. So I think, honestly, as parents, that's the best thing that we can do right now. Definitely. I mean, obviously, if you see someone struggling, it never hurts to ask, hey, is there anything I can do to help? If you're kind of extending a hand to kind of assist someone in need, that, I mean, does a huge difference for that individual parent or that individual if they're autistic. I mean, it could definitely help them out. There's been occasions where we assisted children in need on playgrounds many times because many times we weren't sure what the situation was. So we kind of made a judgment call to make sure that the child was safe. And of course, I mean, afterwards or before, if we could, we could ask like the parent, like, Hey, are we able to like help them? They seem like they're struggling before we actually like help the child. So, I mean, I definitely think it never hurts to ask if someone needs help or assistance in any way. I mean, that's just being a good person and just kind of trying to help your fellow person out. Worst case scenario, let's say you're in this situation and you don't know what to say. You can always just ask. You can always say, hey, I'm noticing X. How can I help you? Or do you want my help? Is this something that you feel you would benefit from? Or should I kind of just let you be you? Because again, when it comes to the disability community, there's some people who love help. There's some people who are offended by help. So depending on what the person prefers, they could respond completely opposite ways to the exact same question. So that's why this is tricky. And that's why I do say like as parents and as autistic individuals, we do need to be a little sympathetic of that. Like we need to be a little aware of the situation that they're in as well. I know it's hard when you're autistic because it's hard to put ourselves in like other people's shoes. But I try to proactively see how that person might be feeling because I know it doesn't come natural to me. So I have to like proactively consciously make the effort to do that. But I think that if both sides can do that, If these other individuals who are claiming like, oh, everyone's a little bit on the spectrum, if they can also just try to step into the shoes of an autistic person and try to understand how that can make us feel in the sense that it is dismissive, it does make us feel like, you know, we don't have a place to belong because both sides kind of don't accept us in a sense, then that can also help them understand too. I think it needs to kind of go both ways where both sides really need to be willing to extend a little grace, but also extend a little humility to themselves and connect in a way that's a little more honest and a little more open, even though it can be a little uncomfortable, honestly. You sound like just like a little angel, Leah. So, <laughs> what? Uh, I, well, I, I sense that you are, are very angel-like, so... Uh, oh. uh, So speaking of angels, that was like the worst (laughs) transition ever. It was a compliment. Take the Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) For all y'all listening who have no idea, Matt and I play this game where if I forget that I have to talk about something, he'll give me a keyword and that'll hit me or give me a hint as to what's coming up. So thank you, executive dysfunction. Speaking of angels, I wanted to mention for y'all, since this is Autism Acceptance Month, we do have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Right now, for the month of April, you can get a free AngelSense GPS tracker device. Right now, that device is free for the month of April. So if you do need a GPS tracker for your kid, this is the month to do it. We have a link in our description, and you can use that link. And if you do, the bonus of that is that AngelSense will actually sponsor a couple kids for our Christmas wish. It's a great way to both help support an autism cause and get a free tracking device while you're at it. I also wanted to announce, I don't know if you guys saw it on our website, but 
We partnered with StarSoul for the month of April, and we have a limited-time autism acceptance t-shirt featuring the phrase, Be Beautiful, which I think is really cute. And it was actually designed by an autistic, I believe it was a six-year-old who actually designed this t-shirt. So it was created by an autistic. It's for our cause. And 100% of the proceeds from that t-shirt will actually go directly to Autism Wish. Again, I will put the link on the description for that as well. And that's another great way to support us during Autism Acceptance Month. I also wanted to give you guys one last reminder. We do have a great Autism Acceptance Month panel the replay will be up by now, so just go to youtube.com slash autismwish to catch that video replay. I want to kind of end this with a final note here. It's not the fact that saying we're all on the spectrum is necessarily like a bad thing. We get what you're trying to say. We get the message that you're trying to convey. It's that those words aren't really conveying the message you think they're conveying. It's kind of like a miscommunication in a sense because the person on the receiving end of that, the autistic person, is not going to generally take that in a positive way. That's just something to keep in mind. If you're trying to show your support, there's other ways you can do it. Again, you can directly ask what supports that person needs or you can just contribute in other ways. You can try to go out of your way to do some research on what are common autism accommodations, what are things that you can do. And it depends, again, on the environment, because if you're like a teacher or something like that, you can incorporate those changes in your classroom. But if you're just a friend, then that might be a more personal conversation you have with that person. Either way, better not to assume, and it's better to just talk to that person. Honestly, just kind of asking, is there anything I can do to help? Just that small little phrase, replace, we're all a little autistic or a little on the spectrum with the little phrase, what can I do to help? Is there anything I can do to help? That would go miles beyond because then you're actually extending a hand to assist that person. And if that person genuinely needs help, they'll say, oh my gosh, like, of course, and they'll tell you exactly what you need to do. And of course, if they don't need help, you offered. So there's no hard feelings either way. It just shows that you are genuinely more involved and wanting to assist that person than just kind of slapping a sticker on it at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, again, just be forewarned, there are some people who would get offended even if you offer the help, like just saying, would you like some help? I've run into some people who find that offensive. Some people feel like they don't want others help. They would rather do things on their own. And so just be prepared that some people might not respond positively to that either. But you've tried, like you're doing your best. And if you do sense that they do get offended at that comment, just apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to offend you. Is there another way that I could have like approached this? I'm just trying to show my support. How can I show support in a way that you would feel supported, essentially? It's just a matter of being open and honest and willing to have this dialogue I honestly think neurotypical struggle with this more. Autistics tend to be blunt and we're like, if we have a problem, we talk about it. And it's like, we don't get why other people tiptoe around it. But it seems like neurotypical society has a harder time just tackling these issues up front. So my advice might be a little blunt, but at this point, it's either be blunt or get into these altercations. So really, I don't feel like there is much of an alternative at that point. <laughs> we laughing uh, at that. Well, I just I just love the idea of like an altercation. Like, I mean, everyone's going to just like throw up like boxing. No, no, gloves, no, like, like a right verbal middle, like, altercation, oh, okay, okay, like a okay. like a miscommunication, not like a okay, fist that, fight. Sorry. <laughs> at well, the I, was, I, was I was like, wow, this is getting real aggressive, real fast. Just be like, okay. oh, mom's fighting again. <laughs> Call dad. <laughs> uh, exactly. No, 
But with that said, just consider this and think about it. There isn't really a one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to this. It is a problem that is case-specific. I think the best thing at the end of the day is just to be willing to have an open mind and have that conversation with that person and just be willing to try different things. And if that person pushes back, just pull back a little bit. If they're willing to have that conversation, have that conversation. And if you're the parent who's advocating on behalf of your child, again, just be open and willing to have that conversation without necessarily getting really upset with that person because you don't really know their intent. And I feel like intent is important. Certainly, there are people with malintent, but there's also people who might have just been innocently trying to help. So at the end of the day, I'm always for extending grace and just trying in the most, I guess, peaceful way to kind of resolve the issue if possible. Well said, Leah. (laughs) With that said, (laughs) we're going to wrap things up. Please join us. We're going to have a live panel autism discussion. It'll be awesome. If you're listening to the audio, you'll catch it on the playback. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. This has been the audio from the Embracing Autism podcast live stream series. Please check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash autismwish to catch these shows live. Otherwise, stick around next week for our next episode. This is Embracing Autism.